Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of your WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. I want to be sure you check out uh, a couple of stories I have on WCPO.com. The OHSA remains optimistic about this upcoming fall sports season. Also on WCPO.com, former Loveland baseball standout Luke Waddell is expected to return to his senior season there at Georgia Tech after the MLB draft this past week. If you'd like to read more, you can find links to those stories in the description of this podcast. Talking college football recruiting today, a lot of people are looking ahead to this fall and the uncertainty at all levels of football, whether it be high school, college, or the NFL, and uh, no better person to talk to than ScoutingOhio.com director Mark Porter. Mark, let's get right to it. Tell us how college programs around the country have adapted during this COVID-19 pandemic. If you know anything about college uh, college coaches, they're alpha males. They're not going to waste a second. It's not like they were sitting at home wondering what to do, so... The film study on either themselves, you know, or their opponents, or of course, in my area, recruiting has maybe doubled, you know, whereas Scouting Ohio is usually busy. Well, now there weren't any other places really to get the information. You know, thank gosh we had a season last fall where I could gather the info, but yeah, it's, it's, it's totally different. Um, What, I mean, with everybody in in the same situation this spring, I mean, you know, one particular school might say, oh, we're ahead of the game. But, I mean, how have you seen this? What will be the impact of this? It seems like everything's just sped up, I mean, with the process of kids committing. Yeah, it seems like with the uncertainty of whether there was going to be college camps this June, July, a lot of kids said, I better commit. I better make sure I have a spot and take their commitment. So I think commitments are through the roof, and that process has accelerated. Um, where I think we're lacking is – this is the time of the year where kids go to these college camps and the phrase is they blow up, you know, and the reason they blow up is they show up to these camps looking different than they did uh, on their tape. They're, they're either run faster, they're heavier, they're stronger. And right now, nobody is seeing these kids that usually blow up right now. You know, I went to a workout this past weekend and yeah, there were kids there that I'm watching them like that kid looks so much better than I remember. And that process is where we don't have that right now. I mean, what are coaches, what's the sense that you're getting from just coaches about, um, let's just talk about college football. First of all, like what, what do you, what, I know there's some things that are being discussed. I guess the oversight committee is going to vote on it maybe later this month and all that about, um, yeah. practices, like, all that. We're good. Yeah. I don't want to get into like the rumor mill, but I, like a lot of the things you see on Twitter are the same things I hear and, I mean, college coaches are genuinely concerned, you know, to say the least, that, you know, their season may be on the line. And it's not so much the Ohio States of the world. You know, I think they would have plenty of money and plenty of, you know, TV money to help test players all the time and make sure there was a game and the stadiums are big enough where you could, you know, maybe 50% capacity and spread people out or, or something. So those things even being discussed are scary, but that's how serious they want to have football. But on the other hand, do they have enough money to to test all the division two college football players, all the division three college football players, how available will testing be? What about, you know, the high school players? And as we're seeing now, there was an outbreak, I think at Florida state and Alabama with a couple of players that got it. And then you see anybody they worked out with has to be quarantined unless they can be tested. And even if they're tested, you don't know if it's going to, Onset seven days later, if you're following the science. So, 
you know, you could see a thing where, okay, there's a quarterback at Ohio State that has it, and he's been in the same quarterback meeting room with the other quarterbacks for the last two weeks. Now all your quarterbacks are quarantined for, you know, however amount of time, even if it's just missing practice time, you know, and then they somehow can play for games. I think there's a lot of stuff that dominoes down to these rabbit holes you go into where it, it's really it's really scary what might be coming. You know, I mean, fingers crossed, but uh, the other thing college coaches are talking to me about is with uh, like a, a university, again, like Ohio State, going to more online classes, that means less revenue because they're not filling their dorm. And with that happening, I've, I've heard that they've lowered their GPA requirement to let more students in to make up for that lost, you know, income they were getting from dorms or whatever. Well, that's more students going to Ohio State. Well, I've heard that Miami of Ohio and Ohio U are doing the same thing. They're going to down their GPA. Well, that's more students in there. And we've already seen Urbana close, you know, but there's going to be other colleges that I think are in that similar boat sooner than later because these other places are just taking the students and there's simply not enough students to go to the other schools. You know, it, there's going to be a trickle down effect somewhere to this whole thing. And, you know, until these kids can get back in dorms, you're going to see that. You talk to enough college football coaches, I'm, I'm sure, or at least communicate with them. I mean, what's the sense that you're getting? Just, I mean, what's the vibe? I mean, is it uncertainty? Yeah. Is it? I mean, they're, they're, they're an optimistic bunch by nature, but it's a cautiously optimistic thing where, you know, I, I know a couple of coaches that are on different sides of the corner or the different sides of the point. Uh, one thinks for sure there'll be no problems. And the other one's like, we're not going to have a season, you know, like, mm. There are, there are those sides of the room, and I think in some of these meetings, uh, you know, I, I don't have any answers, and you know, I'm crossing my fingers like everybody else. One of the, uh, Tyler Hopperton over at Mount St. Joseph said something kind of interesting. He said, you know, by nature, you, you just kind of mentioned how coaches are. He says, and in some ways, this has made us think on our feet a little bit more, and just, I mean, again, from the recruiting perspective, um, we've had to become more malleable, for lack of a better term, and you know, just. What's that been like, you know, whether it's, you know, division three, whether it's the highest level, I mean, how's that been for these guys just day to day? Yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of things that they were resistant to do with technology in the past because they were creatures of habit, they've been introduced to things like Zoom. And I've watched a coach meet with his lineman where he's Zooming and he's on a chalkboard and he's drawing up a play. And it's like the kids are sitting in the meeting room with them. And you never would have thought something like that was possible. A coach would never let go of the rain that much to have players sit at their own houses doing a meeting. But maybe after they've seen it work and some success, this may save players in the morning from having to be there for meetings where, hey, we're all going to Zoom meeting at a certain time. You know, uh, you've seen virtual campus tours given uh, with drones that are flying through campus where they, you know, show these recruits, this is how we're going to take you through campus. We're going to walk you through a dorm with a virtual tour. Um, so they've come outside of their wheelhouse, but the technology has helped them. Um, I think where there's a will, there's a way. And with college coaches, they weren't going to let other schools find a way to get recruits and then fall asleep at the wheel with whatever the new way is to reach out. And, you know, they were resistant to Facebook and Twitter years ago. And, you know, now it's just part of their daily lives. You know, there's 60 year old coaches that are sitting around scrolling through Twitter now that said they would never go to Twitter. How effective are those virtual tours from the sense that you get? I don't know. I don't know. I I think it's all you have right now. And, you know, 
I've only talked to a few players that have actually been there or guys that have, you know, done the tours and, you know, it's different. I mean, it's a nice way for your family to sit there in the living room and get a good look at things. I mean, if you've never been to the university of Florida, yeah, in four or five minutes, so you, you know, in HD, you know, they give you a pretty good idea of what's going on in there. Um, it doesn't replace walking around the campus. Uh, I, I don't know if that'll ever replace that, but you know, it's what we have to do. I, I can't believe coaches have ever, I don't want to say stoop to this level, but right. it's nice to see them get out of their comfort zone and, and try these other methods. You know, Does this make your business even more important, obviously, because of film and connections and, and information that you have for these college programs? Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I always say like I'm the grease that speed things up. And that's what I'm trying to figure out how to do right now. And I think I just posted some videos on Twitter of a uh, workout I went to this weekend. And I'm thinking over the next month or so, usually is when I'm at a, uh, a camp every day, I'm going to try to get some local workouts and some local uh, workouts with some quarterback coaches and speed trainers. I know that have smaller groups and I think I can get film on kids. And if I can over a month or so, get a nice network of our videos together, I might be able to help a couple hundred kids, you know, that, to make myself like you're saying more valuable because right now there is no video. When I put that video out yesterday, there were no video on those kids. And I know those kids probably would have been at five to 10 to 15 camps this summer and they would have been known commodity, you know, and there's a lot of kids that did put on that 20 pounds or did drop their 40 time a 10th or two, and they need to document it somehow and they need to get it to a college, you know, coach and uh, more valuable. I don't know. I, I, I just hope I can keep grease in the wheels and help these kids out. And if we don't have a season, I'll probably go on to high schools to watch kids work out in a gym or in the field and, you know, do all kinds of creative things. Just like you were saying with the college coaches, I'm stretching the realm of, you know, how creative I can be. I know I've asked you this over the years and I've known you for a lot of years, but just tell me the difference at the basic level for, um, you know, a college program doing a film evaluation and getting transcripts and, you know, academics and uh, high school head coaching recommendation versus being able to go and visit at a camp or in person for this, for this year, obviously it's only going to be a workout. Even if you have no pads, no helmets, no nothing on, I mean, how valuable still is that opportunity for an evaluator to see a player like that? I'll try to answer it like this. There's probably uh, 75 kids in Ohio that are no brainers that their transcripts and their film, you know, aren't really, they're, they're going to get their offer no matter what. They're that good. You walk in the room, you know they're an offer. And then they're the kids that you watch and you like, and you're not sure about it. You know, you're like, I like them. There's something there, but I just don't know. So, or the, the grade point average is close. And, and what it comes down to is tiebreakers. You know, sometimes GPA is a tiebreaker. For the player and the coach, when you meet somebody and you're on that campus, that goes a long way in the tiebreaker. Whether you're a player and you walk around the campus, you meet the coaches and you leave with your parents, you say, I don't know if that's a fit. Uh, I didn't like the way they were. Or they, they didn't feel right. Or vice versa with the coaches. They walk around with you for an hour and meet your parents and say, we don't know if this kid is something that we're sold on just by his behavior, his questions, stuff like that. That's really a tough thing to replace, you know, but those things are intangibles and it's hard to really I don't know, say how big of a factor that is. See any theme in particular for this 2021 class when you kind of look around the state? I mean, maybe that's too broad of a question, obviously, but anything stick out in your mind that makes this class unique? You know what? Yeah, because, you know, I tracked the numbers. I think I tweeted about a month ago. 
everybody got their offers up front and they're all getting offers based off of football ability. None of them are getting their offers based off of their run and t-shirt ability. Okay. And I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I would, as a football guy, say, yeah, I'd rather see them do the evaluations on film and get guys that are out there tough and they show the hard nose things on film you want. But there's a lot of great athletes that show up at these camps that, you know, they do fine in college too. So I don't know uh, if there's going to be a certain percentage of misses for colleges that are higher right now. Uh, you know, will this class be known for that? You know, there's more of a will, – will more – Smaller schools or lower Big Ten schools or Max will steal Ohio State level players or Michigan level players because those kids never got to a camp and showed they had a great time and, and they never got exposed, you know, the way they usually did. Uh, those are the questions I'm asking myself, you know, like, wow, this kid already committed here. I thought if he went to camps this summer, he would have blown up, as they say, and got bigger offers, but he already committed. And if this is the way it ends, yeah, that, that team, I think, got a really good player, you know, that they wouldn't have normally got. It, I think there's a lot of that stuff. And I think maybe a player may have committed to a, a big school on a Michigan-Ohio State or something like that, and it never came out in the wash when they went to camp. Whoa, they're a step slower than we thought they are or we, on that film. Or, or, you know, there's something, there's a flaw here we didn't know about. So it's going to go back and forth. There'll be winners and losers there. Do you see anything changing with – Signing period. I mean, obviously, I think it's still in December. Nothing's changed that way. But how do you think this impacts maybe NCA legislation or rules going forward, maybe in the years to come, whether it be, you know, the the availability of dates on, you know, active recruiting periods, dead periods, signing days, that sort of thing. This, this has been so unique. The, the one thing I will say, it's nice to be able to see them vote and change things on the fly. And, you know, extended periods or, you know, whatever to fit what's going on now. Um, maybe there's some trial and error in there that they've seen in light and said we can keep this, get rid of that. Uh, but I really, it's hard to say what they'll ever do. And I'm not as tuned in to how those rules are going to fluctuate. And, and the new signing day, it, it's, it was already taking its effect. I don't know if that'll change this year or not. Uh, just from a high school perspective, I mean, what have you noticed just in terms of, uh, I mean, one, like I go back to what my conversation was yesterday, the, the spring probably gave a lot more time for these high school head coaches to get their prospect list together and a lot of information, um, which is beneficial, obviously. But uh, what have you just noticed from a high school perspective, How the, what's on the plate for these coaches, again, in terms of college recruiting and how they're handling it? Yeah, when, when the, something that popped in my head when you said they had a chance to get all their pro prospect lists together, and those lists are based off film from September, October, November. So they have lists that are based off information from six months ago, if they're based off a film evaluation. And I think that's where college coaches are left off, where these college coaches, the second they can get back in a school and talk to high school coaches, that's what these high school coaches can expect is, hey, I've been waiting to ask you these five questions about this kid for four months. And maybe you did over the phone and you said, okay, he did put on the 20 or 30 pounds. I still got to get into your school and see him. I think that's the, the kind of math that the college coaches are going to do, which is going to mean the high school coaches are going to be more than happy to have these guys coming around. And I think if the NCAA was smart, they would let these kids or the college coaches out on the road into the schools, maybe even before school started to see uh, practices and doubles or something like that, that, you know, to get them more familiar with these kids that they haven't seen since December. 
maybe maybe January or February before the pandemic, but a lot of them didn't get around to every single school in that amount of time. You know, we, we totally lost spring recruiting, which is college coaches in every high school in Ohio for a couple of weeks, and that didn't happen. Do you think there's any chance that they could have a combine like we usually have in May that somehow that, I, I don't know, August is so busy and it'd be tough to probably cram that in, but you and I are on Twitter. If there was any chance in the world of that happening, we would have seen the announcement already. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it gets a social distancing and who's going to put their name behind it. And, you know, and if the college coaches weren't doing it, and the logic, you know, you hear from the colleges is that the, if the university professors and other students aren't allowed in the classroom, then, you know, we're not allowed to have camps on campus and bring high school kids here in groups, you know. And so for anybody else to do that, and that's why I've been saying I'm going to go to these smaller workouts I can find or the high school workouts where they're doing nine at a time and show where the nine kids are I want to see. And, you know, it's it's definitely a puzzle to get this put together. But to, to do that, that's really tough. I think what college coaches need to do is what I'm doing is have your list of 50 kids and get around all 50 of those kids as fast as you can in a couple of weeks, whether it's two, three, four a day by city. And if it's just walking in their high school to see them in the weight room or you know, see them running around through a, a nine-man practice or a, maybe a padded practice if you get a little closer to the season, that, that's what they probably need to put that math together. Yeah, I mean, I saw a kid this weekend that, yeah, was totally different than what I saw in film, you know, and it totally changed my evaluation, you know, like upwards in a hurry. And I'm like, boy, and I thought to myself, this kid went to – 10 camps this summer, his offer list would be totally different than it is right now. You know? And it's like, what do you, you quantify that? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, maybe this is more of a question for a high school coach, but I mean, what do you think, what's the best advice for a family right now? I mean, I, we've, we've seen some commitments uh, locally here that, that have been moved up. One, Corey Connor, obviously, from Roger Bacon, moved up his his timeline quite significantly, honestly. But, uh, you know, without having spring visits and summer camps, What's a family to do? I mean, what, what would be your advice? To- uh, I, I would do what they're doing, committing. I would, I would sit there and say, wow, if, if the process is done right now and there are no more chances to increase your stock, you know, so to say, and everybody's stock is going to stay frozen where it's at, you know, at least for a little while, I think you commit. And I, and I honestly think this is a horribly frustrating process in a good year. I think this year is absolutely like rip your hair out of your head if you're a parent or player. You know, this is really, uh, my heart goes out to them because you never got your chance. This is like recruiting back in the 70s or 80s when I played, where after the season, they came around and watched your tape, and if the tape wasn't good enough, see you later, you know. And there was no redo or second chance or, hey, I'm going to be in the weight room for six months. I'll see you in June. You know, watch me then. Uh, to, to lose that opportunity, which was it really had made a difference in the recruiting process from the seventies and eighties, obviously, but we're back to that. We're really back to the stone ages and it's, it's tough on recruits. Even if they're posting stuff on social media, all they're doing is posting their huddle highlights again and again and again, you know, there's nothing really new until they can go line up against someone great at a camp and compete again. Bigger picture question here, Mark, have you played against state? Um, the sport is your passion, part of your livelihood. Um, big proponent of, of high school football here in Ohio. And maybe you know, could separate the NFL and college football because we've heard so many different scenarios with that. But um, 
Are you an optimist? Are you pessimist about this fall? Just about football in general? Tell me where you think you're at right now, mid-June. I think uh, the OSHAA needs the money from football and the playoffs pretty badly to to survive and keep this thing going. That being said, the NFL and those other leagues have a lot more on the line. And I think those leagues will come first. If they're playing, then I think high school's playing. I think that logic would apply. Now, could we play in high school with the same luxuries that those leagues play with testing for players? Um, I was told by a high school coach last week that we don't do the temperature of our players. We don't ask our players about symptoms because the state has put that on the parents. It's the parent's job every morning to ask the player if they have symptoms and ask the player, you know, if you have a temperature. So right there, boy, that's going to be a lot different than walking into an NFL facility where they're going to temperature you and, you know, do all that stuff and have a test there available if you're feeling sick. Okay, if if a high school kid's feeling sick, his mom's going to have to take him to the rapid care and get a test. And, yeah, so right there is my first hiccup. Um, The high school coaches right now have a plan in place, I'm told, that three weeks before the season, they can start practicing, you know, a week of conditioning to uh, like a two week double or a 10 day double and a, you know, lead up into the first game. Um, if they're not ready by, by August 1st to start, they would probably start September 1st and miss the first three or four weeks of the season. And then it would be a six game season, you know? So hearing proposals like that. And then of course the proposal of, you know, putting football into the spring was tossed out there and, you know, all of Twitter freaked out. Uh, I think with those plans even out there, it's really scary. You know, I, I just think that eventually you're going to run into what we saw with Alabama and Florida State. Cases are going to pop up on a team. Quarantines are going to pop up on a team. A game could be canceled or a game could be played with JB players or freshman players and a varsity game as backups. I mean, the scenarios, like, did the word rabbit hole come to mind where you could just run down these rabbit holes? And then here's another one for you. How are we getting all these kids to the games? Are you going to pack them all on a bus? You know, or is it every mom and dad drive their kids to the games like Little League? How about the band? How does the band get to the games? Does the band sit in the band shell anymore? Well, you can't have them all sitting in that area together, you know, blowing on those things and, you know, like screaming and saying, okay, so look at the rabbit holes that you start to go down. You know, uh, some, you know, stadiums that a thousand people, maybe they hold. Well, you might only be able to let 200 in. So it might be family only. You know, there might be a 30% capacity. Uh, so do I sound optimistic? I, I'm praying. I, you, I need it. Football, everyone, I, I want to have it. I, I need it really bad. But it's really scary when you start talking about these things. You know, and, you know, the, 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 the thing we're not talking about is how susceptible are these kids? You know, and I don't know that, you know, the science, you know, what is the rate of kids transmission and them getting it and them actually being really sick. Like, they may sweat this thing out in two practices, you know, like a, like a common cold. Who knows? That, that's just, I mean, they're throwing out nonsense right now. I don't want to, you know, I'm not a doctor, but we just don't know. So those unknowns may play in the favor of it, but there's a lot of things that play in the, the downside. Mark, uh, tell everybody where they can follow you and, uh, be sure to check out your your words of wisdom and, and certainly not only about the recruiting process, but about high school football and um, where people can uh, check out your service as well. 
Yeah, um, scottohio.com is the website, and uh, at Mark Porter on Twitter, you know, if you're, you like Twitter. <laughs> we all do. So, uh, Mark, really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me today. Appreciate you having me, Mike. Anytime. A lot of great insight there from scottingohio.com director Mark Porter. He's always been a friend of this podcast, so really appreciate his time and perspective. As we all know, we're just going to continue to wait and see what the OHSA comes up with and what... The, Obviously, more importantly, what the uh, governor's office comes up with uh, for this upcoming fall sports season and all of summer practices right now for teams in every sport across the state. And as always, be sure to check out all my stories on WCPO.com. Join our high school sports Facebook group and also WCPO 9 News because the news can change from day to day. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next week. 